Hello and welcome, I'm Roddy. And I'm Finn. And you've joined us for Stage Stage Door. Door. We have a fantastic hour for you talking all things theatre, film and arts, including... Lifting the curtain, giving you the inside info of all that's going on nationally, locally and digitally. Snooping around backstage to bring you the news, the gossip and our pick of the week. There's a Bling Studio phone here to welcome your ring-in requests. I wonder who will be on the line today. <laughs> Find out later. I know who it is. <laughs> uh, you can join us and take part in Name That Show, where we ask you to guess the musical from three brief clips of songs. Then there's our quick quiz, where in Joe's absence, I turn quiz host and chuck five of my own theatre questions at Roger. <laughs> Wish me luck. Later on in the show, don't miss Out of the Vault, where we share the plot of a show that you might not have heard of. Then don't miss our spotlight interview with Joe Jameson. And that's all coming your way before midday here on Stage Door. Right across the Thames Valley, this is River Radio. Ah, well, that was very well delivered. Congratulations. Thank you. Welcome to the uh, co-host chair. Thank you very much. So, hello, Finn. Joe's away. Yes. Where is she, remind me? Uh, Australia. Australia. So, it's some ungodly hour of the middle of the night there. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure she's listening, keeping keeping a close eye on how we're looking after stage door for her. Mm. How are you feeling? I'm very excited. Yeah, good. Yeah, first time on radio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Mm. Uh, you're all set. It's a nice sunny day here. I suspect it's not as warm as in Australia, but it's nice and sunny. Yes. Uh, in anticipation of rain later, I brought my yellow Mac, which I really like wearing because it makes me feel like I'm Gromit in the wrong trousers. Yes. You know, when he leaves. Or, or the character from It or that film. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, what? one of them. Oh, right. So you've gone horror film. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Now, something that tickled me in the news this week. I don't know whether you saw this, um, was the Russian art gallery. Did you see... I have what, not seen this. The security guard in a Russian art gallery. Right, so it's his first day. He's, he's in there in the night shift and he's a bit bored. Now, there's a famous painting there of three faceless faces and he decided a couple of them needed eyes. So he nipped back grabbed a pencil and he's drawn eyes, created, I think, is it 200,000 or £2 million worth of damage Are you kidding? on these paintings? <laughs> I mean, the damage is just, they're going to have to clean it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just love the idea. It's like, nah, that's missing eyes. I'll go get, the, I'll go get eyes. That is mad. <laughs> that is absolutely mad. Yeah. Are we T- sure that he was under... Uh, wasn't under the influence of something like that. <laughs> well, maybe. Maybe that's how you keep warm late at night. He's yeah. almost certainly got half a litre of vodka in, in, inside him. Um, right, so... It's time for us to name that show, which is our first segment. But just before we do, I've got a message from Australia, from Joe, just to keep us on track. Hi, River Radio audience, our lovely stage show audience. And Roddy, how are you doing? So, greetings from Down Under. Uh, It's a lovely, warm, sunny day here. Uh, It's not warm Uh, here. Quite humid, actually. And I hope that the show goes really well. You've got the wonderful co-host Finn, and in the following weeks you've got Jesse and Charlie uh, in my place, and I know they're going to be absolutely brilliant. Um, So look after them, Roddy, for me, and I hope you can, you know, name that show that I've left for you and all those fabulous things that we do in our programme. Have a great show, Finn. All the very best. Bye, oh, guys. Bye, guys. Oh, that lovely. Nice. Yeah, nice to have a message from it. I feel a little bit like we've got an Ofsted inspection. <laughs> Joe's <laughs> listening in, being like, nah, don't do it like that. Uh, we'll be in special measures by the end of the hour. Um, now, she mentioned that we're going to do Name That Show. You should see the absolute matrix that she's given me of what's coming up over the next few weeks. She's planned the next five weeks. So all we've got to do is sit here for the ride. Brilliant. And see whether we can name that show. Name that show. Show. Ooh, sha-la-la-doo, 
nice little bop to jig about to. I know instantly what it is. Do you? Yes, of course I do. <laughs> it's one of my favourite musicals. <laughs> Don't give it away. I won't. Right, so if people know what it is, ordinarily they would email Joe. But today, please email Roddy, R O D D Y, at river.radio if you can identify that show. It's impressive if you know the song, it's impressive if you know who's singing it. But what we want is the name of the musical from which that comes. We'll give it to you again. And then there are two other clips from a different part of the song throughout the course of the hour. Right, so what do they do, Finn? They email roddy at river.radio. Yeah, well, I'm just giving him this email address, looking at me like holding a gun to him, right? What, what's the email? Don't give out my private one by mistake. Yeah, so if you can name that show, get on Joe's leaderboard. Um, you've been graced with the great, beautiful volume. Here it is. There oh, we go. Thank you very much. Which is, you've got three columns there. Look, she's mm-hmm. put glitter all over it. There's those little sequins there. First column, if they get it off the after the first clip, second column after the second one, and third, right at the end of the hour, before we play the full track. So if you can name that show, get in touch. But I'm resurrecting a little segment on our show this week, which is to find out a little bit about who are you. Oh, no. <laughs> now, if we teched this as a theatrical show at this point, I want a spotlight on you. Some some ominous music. Ooh, the smoke machine, hopefully. Yeah, definitely. Yes, yeah. Glitter ball, tension rising. Right, so some questions. How old are you? 17. 17. And what are you doing in life at the moment? Uh, I'm a student at the Jam Academy, trained to be in the musical theatre industry. Very nice. Yes. Great. Oh, right. So perfect that we can talk about uh, the lifting the curtain later on. Then you can tell us all the things that you know are going on. And um, I wondered, is there anyone you're a super fan of? Is there anybody who is a bit of a hero? I'm a big fan of Patti Lapone. Oh yeah, yeah. I was a big. I was. I, I was an even bigger fan when I found out that she was doing um, radio plays with her son over COVID with different actors and artists. Oh really? And yeah. It was. It was incredible listening to all of them. But um, no, I, I'm just a big fan of her. Amazing. I mean, we couldn't even remember her name a couple of weeks ago. Joe and I had a, a an old age block and couldn't remember it. We got it before the end of the hour. Um, and I wondered, stage door wise, I mean, I've been in queued at stage door before now, met Rowan Atkinson, which was really nice. It was only, I don't normally like sort of um, hanging around and, and cluttering somebody's evening, but it was. I was about 20 and I'd just seen him play Fagin in Oliver and I had an hour to kill before the train and I went, oh, just go and... I go and see him and got him to sign my ticket. Have you ever met anyone at Stage Door? I have. I've, I've been to a couple of Stage Doors. I've actually got a very funny story. <laughs> right. Uh, where, okay, I've got a clickbait title oh, to great. start off. Perfect. Uh, I tripped over Jesus. <laughs> uh, I'll quickly uh, tell my story before uh, blasphemy starts to <laughs> get told. But no, I... Um, I was watching Jesus Christ Superstar at the Regent's Park Open Air Theatre. Uh, yeah. And I was waiting to see someone that we knew was in the show. And I was just swinging my legs around, you know, <laughs> just around. And behind me, I just hear a thud. And I tripped over Jesus. He was on the floor, bless him. And oh, hang on. You didn't trip over him. He, he, you tripped him I up. I tripped him up. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I tripped, <laughs> uh, to be fair, my story kind of just got a bit worse, didn't it? No, yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, he's okay, I think. Okay, great. Think. How wildly were you swinging your oh, legs? Oh, very wildly. Really I don't wild. know. Yeah. Yeah. It was 12-year-old Finn, so he's <laughs> oh, going a bit crazy. Okay, fair enough. And 
Is there anything, what's your dream? What's on your bucket list? What do you want to, is there, what's the pinnacle? Uh, I think I definitely want to maybe perform something that I've written. That's, that's okay. fun. Yeah, that's, that's a good fun. idea. Yeah, just in a state, it's small theatre. Okay, not yeah. film, because you've been writing films since, oh. uh, since as long as I've known you. Yes, well, uh, but both. Let's both. Why not? Why, Why not? not? Star in something More that you've dreams. written. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's a good way to make sure you've got work. Create mm. your own. Yeah. That's a really good tip for um, graduates as well, is sometimes don't just sit there waiting by the phone for your agent. It's actually better to uh, go out there, take the initiative, get stuff on yourself, because also you learn that way, and it's a friendly, safe atmosphere. Right, let's lift the curtain. Oh, here we are. Oh, here we are. Ready? I'm very excited <laughs> yeah. to be here, yes. <laughs> Snooping around. Snooping around the stage. Uh, stage left wing? Stage left wing. Is that wing? where we are now? It's a bit dark in here. We'll have to prop open the stage door fire. Yeah, so maybe get some... See. Park hands up and see where we That's are. That's a good idea. Oh, technical language. Words. Let's hope that was a clue for the quiz later, which you've told me starts easy and gets difficult. So uh, <laughs> I'm braced. But no, come on then. We're lifting the curtain. We're looking at what's going on locally, nationally and digitally. So locally, you've got something to kick us off. Yes, The Osmonds, a new musical based on the Osmond family, is coming to High Wycombe, uh, Wycombe Swan. Oh, yeah. Yes, from the 11th to 15th of October. Nice. So it's still quite a while away but yeah that should be fun that does sound great there'll be yeah. some people who just whooped with excitement at hearing the mention of the osmonds now that was a different that wasn't part of my like childhood obviously <laughs> different def- different generations <laughs> but i've seen some pictures of the fans that uh that go and they dress up like really crazy yes really? Do yeah. they dress up as the Osmonds? Yes, and with T-shirts with their faces on. It, it gets a bit extreme. It <laughs> a gets hero a extreme. worship. Can I just point out, it's not my generation either. No, no, <laughs> no. Um, now, I've got something locally, which is the Kenton has got a one-man show about Kenneth Williams. It's called Cult Figure. That is tomorrow. So it's tomorrow night at half seven. Uh, and there's an actor there called Colin Elmer who's written it and is performing it. So very much like the idea you were just posturing that you'd like to do is create and um, star in something that you've made. And um, he's telling the story of the great man in his own words, using anecdotes, writing and some of the material for which the comedy legend was so well known. So that's tomorrow in Kenton. So right here in the Thames Valley and also at the same um, theatre, Kenton Theatre, although actually it's around the corner in ha- ha- Howard's studio. H-A-O-D-S Howard Maybe it's Howard Anyway The studio They've got Heidi High Now they've picked up the idea I think from um, Sonning To uh, to do dinner as well So you can either have a standard dinner Or vegetarian I love that that those are the options It sounds like sort of 50s plain doesn't it Chicken or fish Uh, But yeah they I mean Have you ever seen Heidi High I haven't (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about No Old sitcom and sort of set in Butlins or an equivalent. Oh, nice. So they're all big. They're yellow coats, I think, rather than red coats or blue coats. And it's it's the sort of shenanigans going on between the entertainers, what they get up to when they're not performing, and um, what they get up to with some of the guests. It's very old school, very silly. But anyway, um, Peggy, Peggy is the cleaner, um, is desperate to become a Maplins holiday camp entertainer and will go to any lengths to swap a house coat for a yellow coat. So that's the, that's the story that I'm sure will feel incredibly familiar to anyone. Uh, who's watched Heidi High and then you sit down at six o'clock you have dinner and then there's a show Heidi High so that isn't 
at Sonning, which is where we're used to hearing about dinner theatre, but it's at the Kenton and it starts on the 26th of February and it's on until the... Uh, the the I would say the dates aren't terribly clear on the website. Um, it's, no, it opens on the seventeenth and it's on till the twenty sixth. So it opens tonight, or at least it's on tonight and it's on till the twenty sixth. What Amazing. else? Have, what else have you got going on? Well, talking about because uh, I was talking about the Osmonds earlier, jukebox music, jukebox musicals. Oh yeah, uh, Sonia Friedman is producing a Whitney Houston musical. Ooh. Now that's all we know. Yeah. <laughs> apart, apart from uh, that, they're pl- planning to also put it on in Las Vegas as well. Oh wow! Yeah, I think they're taking up Adele's spot. Okay. Uh, um, but yeah, uh, it's very exciting because also Donna Sum- Did you know that the Donna Summer musical is coming to the West no. End this year, I think? Oh, great. Next year. Okay. So yeah. Ooh, I feel love, I feel love. I'm very excited about that because it yeah, opened yeah. in Broadway a couple years ago. So okay. I'm very excited And about then presumably that. the um, path to the West End has been slightly delayed by a pandemic. Yeah. But good that we get that. And so, hang on. So all we know is that there's going to be a musical about Whitney. All we know. But um, uh, the family of Whitney Houston is heavily involved. That we okay, do know that. so that's, that's so promising. It's hopefully, got their it's going to be faithful. What, and what do we think it's going to be called? Uh, I, I think it's going to be called "I Want to Dance with Somebody." Yeah, yeah, sure. I, think it is. Yeah, I mean, that yeah. will make sense, wouldn't it's it? It's based yeah. on the documentary, so. Oh, by the same name. Oh, okay. Either. Okay. Well, I think there's three documentaries. (laughs) Wow, just piling on in. Yeah. Um, I've got a question for you, Roddy. Oh yeah. Uh, If you could pick any artist to have a jukebox musical uh, (laughs) being done about their life, about their life, about their life. Um, I. This is slightly a cheat because it's it's not necessarily about. um, It's a bit about their life, but the one that I've long fancied doing, and my flatmate Al and I quite often late at night try and construct this show. We've got the order of the songs, but not the plot. Is Krista Berg? Um, You've told me this before, and I still don't know who he is. (laughs) Lady in red. I know that. Yeah, there you go. That's what it's going to be called for exactly the same reason as they're calling (laughs) "I Want to Dance with Somebody." The Whitney Houston one. Um, So it's going to be. it's a show about um, two people who knew each other when they were younger and then they um, they lose touch, but then they meet up again later, probably in the second half, in a cafe in Paris. And guess what she's wearing? Ah. Uh, uh, she'll be wearing... No! <laughs> she'll be wearing a red dress, the iconic red dress. Um, but yeah, I'd probably go Christa Berg. But it's less that I'm... Um, got a particular story I want to tell about his life so much as I really like the songs and I want to listen to them on stage. It's an outrageous suggestion. If any producers are listening and would like to back it, then please do get in touch. Please do. (laughs) Now, I've got some sad news, which is that UNESCO, which is the United Nations organisation in charge of culture, who who specialise in culture, have estimated that there have been 10 million creative jobs lost worldwide during the pandemic. Wow. Which is, an, I mean, obviously a massive, dizzying, mind-blowing number. But crucially, along with that, they've issued this warning that we need better protection for arts workers to prevent future cultural decline. Definitely. Or further cultural decline, I should say. So um, it's interesting that, that particularly artists, I think, felt very much left at the bottom of the pile during um, lockdown. Particularly, I know many, many actors who um, didn't qualify for the SEISS because some of the tick, tick boxing for freelancers they couldn't do. And so they were just left high and dry. 
And it's not just actors, it's, I mean, as we get their creative jobs, and some of them were lighting technicians because, mm. you know, they've been on a PAYE contract for 10 minutes at some point, suddenly ineligible. And so a lot of people were left high and dry, not just here, around the world. And I think we probably have to just think about how we value culture and how we get, how we want to, how we want to pay for it. Mm. Um, because I mean, the number of shows I've been to when I've been supporting friends who've been doing Amdram shows and the audience don't seem to notice the difference, they, which is great that those Amdram shows are incredibly well supported and look fantastic. But um, those ticket prices, they can't quite clock that the 10 quid they've spent watching their granddaughter in a dance show isn't quite the same as the 10 quid they've spent going to a professional show at, say, the Wickham Swan or, mm. at, say, the Watermill. And it's I just, it's really tricky because, of course, how it's not the audience's job to understand necessarily where, which one they're watching, but it's our job as a culture to make sure that we back artists and um, so that they can so that they can keep going. And we so, make sure things that don't die out. Yeah, yeah, because it does feel like that. You know, that's a risk. Cult. Com- I mean, even commercial theatre companies in the UK have said that they've lost up to ninety percent of their earnings. Ninety, which is what? yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa. Whoa, nine zero. That's a lot of money. But then on the flip side of that, I know a lot of people who have gone back into shows on lesser terms and conditions. So the producers have used this as a short term. Oh look, well, just to get the show back on, let's do this instead. So let's reduce the fee you get for that. Let's cut these terms and conditions. And of course, the performers have gone on desperate to get back for work, haven't had any support for 18 months, have gone back in, and now that's just sort of been cemented as the new contract going forward. Yes. Yeah, I've actually heard about that as well. Yeah. yeah. Which is pretty grim. And there's a, there's only so much that performers can do to say, and creatives of all walks of life can do to say, no thanks, not doing that. At some point, you just won't have them. Mm. Uh, so we do need to think about that. Anyway, in better news... The stage has announced their Theatre of the Year and they've given it to the Battersea Arts Centre and the Marlowe Canterbury. And I think partly in recognition of what they've done because of the pandemic. One of um, BAC, certainly I know, was a vaccination centre. Um, they've got a pay-what-you-can night, which is great to try and encourage people who couldn't necessarily afford to go to the theatre ordinarily to come what, they, what they're able to. Um, they're doing a lot of community and young people work. So it's nice that there are glimmers of hope. We've just got to work out how to support them. What else have you got? Oh, I've got... Well, I've got a funny story, actually. (laughs) Oh, right. Because I was on the train with one of my friends and they saw a a tour poster for Catch Me If You Can. And I'm a big fan of that musical. Yeah. Which is based on the Tom Hanks and Leonardo DiCaprio film. Of course, yeah. Um, And so I got very excited and was like, I'm going to bring it up here. Yeah, yeah. Turns out, wrong Catch Me If You Can. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, This is a play... Uh, which is written by Jack Weinstock and Willie Gilberts um, and is adapted from the French play called Trap for a Lonely Man by Robert Thompson. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's a thriller. And looking at, looking at it, it's very Gone Girl-esque. Yes. Very Gone Girl-esque. Okay. Uh, but it's but it's a bit late, what I'm saying this, because it's only got two days left oh, at yeah. the Windsor, Windsor Playhouse. So yeah, uh, if you want to, if you're really into thrillers and plays, this should be very good. And check it out at the Windsor Playhouse. And what did you say it was originally called? What did you uh, say the French play is called? Trap for a Lonely Man. Why is it not called Trap for a Lonely Man? Why is it, it confusing much, me with the wrong title? If, especially when there's a, a musical called Catch Me If You yeah, Can. I just, it yeah, almost feels a little bit like they're hoping that people will make a mistake and yeah. come, come under false pretenses. Um, Yes, that is, I, I had the same thing with that. I was like, oh, that sounds quite fun, but wrong wrong title. Mm. Um, so, yes, that's at the Theatre Royal Windsor, is it? Yes. Until Saturday. Fantastic. Well, let's listen to some music, and then we'll come back rifling through the curtain. Anybody that stays home is dead. If I die, it won't be from sitting. 
It'll be from fighting to get up and get out! Some people can get a thrill Knitting sweaters and sitting still That's okay for some people Who don't know they're alive Some people can thrive and bloom Living life in a living room That's perfect for some people Of one Yet all the places I gotta play All the things that I gotta be Yet come on, Papa, what do you say? Some people can be content Playing bingo and paying rent That's peachy for some people For some humdrum people to be June in the Orpheum circuit Give me a chance and I know I can work it I had a dream Just as real as can be, Papa There I was in Mr. Orpheum's office And he was saying to me Rose, get yourself some new orchestrations New routines and red velvet curtains Get a feathered hat for the baby Photographs in front of the theater Get an agent and in jig time You'll be being booked in the big time Oh, what a dream A wonderful dream, Papa And all that I need is 88 bucks, Papa That's what he said, Papa Only 88 bucks You ain't getting 88 cents from me, Rose Then I'll get it someplace else But I'll get it and get my kids out Goodbye to Blueberry Pie Good riddance to all the socials I had to go to All the lodges I had to play All the shriners I said hello to Hey LA, I'm coming your way Some people sit on their butts Got the dream, yeah, but not the guts That's living for some people For some humdrum people Such a good musical. I love it. I <laughs> and who love was that it. thing? That was Miss Patti LuPone. Yeah, great to have your fave there. Did you see? Did you see Gypsy? I did. It was. Uh, I saw it with Imelda Staunton, of course. Oh, yeah, fantastic. and I also watched it recently because they filmed it. Um, uh, like when it came out back in 2015. But yeah, I watched it recently because it's on Amazon Prime. So oh, nice! If you want to watch a production of that filmed. Get on Amazon Prime. <laughs> this has been a party political <laughs> broadcast from Jeff Bezos. This is River Radio. You can listen on our website, river.radio, on our mobile app for Apple and Android, search for River Radio Live. You can tell Alexa, play River Radio. And you know what's coming soon, Finn? What? We're going on DAB. <gasps> yep. It's only in about 10, 11 days' time we're going to switch on those antennae. 
And off we go on to DAB. Fun, fun, fun. Right, let's polish off lifting the curtain. What else have you got? Uh, I have uh, Dawn French has just announced announced that she is going on tour. Yes, so she's starting at Petersburg New Theatre on the 15th of September and going across the country until the 16th of October, so only for a month. Yeah. Uh, I think, I believe the closest theatre will probably be Oxford or Woking. Um, But yeah, it should be very exciting. Um, uh, Apparently there are costumes involved, which I got very, I got intrigued by because I believe it's just a stand-up routine. But, yeah, um, costumes. Now, I can imagine she could do a funny routine, but she she can't, if it's a one-woman thing, she can't leave to, to, yeah. to go and change costume because nothing will be happening unless there's an interval. Well, there's costume and set design. They, oh, they, two, cool. people, two people have been labelled as the set designer and costume designer. So, oh, yeah, I don't know what's happening there, but I'm very intrigued. I love that you've been rifling through this so in such detail that you've started looking at the creative credits on the website to try and piece together what it might be. Very good. Um, the last thing I've got here is... Now, this is on at the Almeida Theatre, and it's called The Chairs. Now, it's a Eugene Ionesco play, and I hadn't spotted this. This is one of those things that I'm like, how, how long has this been going on? Well, it's been on for two weeks already. And it's on till the 5th of March, so it's got another couple of weeks to run. Um, do you know any Eugene Ionesco? Um, I know the name, don't know. Yeah, yeah, so it's slightly sort of wacky surrealist stuff. Um, this obviously in translation, uh, and it's about the water is rising. The world outside is crumbling, and alone in a room, an old man and an old woman set out chairs, ready for the arrival of a very special audience. And they've invited dancers, um, editors, um, pickpockets, like loads of different people, leavers, remainers, remoners, even bankers. And then it's what happens when they're there. But it, it's in a new translation, very silly, very daft, very funny. And it's it's basically sort of, as all of his plays seem to be, a sort of tragic farce. If I show you the poster, uh, which is a couple of oh, people lying nice. on a floor with a whole load of coloured photos, a whole load of coloured chairs around, uh, you get the sort of idea that this is, it's got a point to make, but it's going to do it in a playful way. So that's the chairs, that's on till the 5th of March at the Almeida Theatre. It's a nice theatre. It is, yeah, very plush, northwest London. OK, right, time for our pick of the week. <laughs> I love a press night. Have you been to a press night recently? Uh, I th- yes, I think I went to Bedknobs and Broomstick. Oh, Did nice. I? I think so. <laughs> Was that a press night? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe I went the day after the press night. I think. Okay. But no, yeah. <laughs> when the, yeah, all a little jaded. Well, I went to press night of Running With Lions at the Lyric Hammersmith Theatre, um, which is in conjunction with Talawa Theatre, which is an incredible black British company. And this is a play about a British Caribbean family struggling to come to terms with their grief. So without giving away the plot, they have lost somebody. Um, and it's how they're coping with that in different ways, how it's got a mental health knock-on in one character's case, which sounds like it might all be incredibly heavy. And I did spend a lot of the second half crying. Hmm. But the reason I'm recommending it is it's there are elements and pockets of joy in it. You know those sweets you get when the inside of you when it sort of explodes inside yes. your mouth, you suddenly get a, a shock of sherbet. It's a bit like that. There are moments where the granddad character in it is so funny, so heartwarming, um, and so witty. Like <laughs> they were taking the mick out of him for doing like oh classic granddad jokes, and I was howling with laughter. So <laughs> maybe it's just that it suited my. I, um, maybe it's due to my sense of humour. But it deals with religion as well, and it's from a brand-new writer. So this lady, Sean Carter, she's decided she's going to write a play. She works for the MIT, I think. She's a marketing director, and was like, I've written a play. Uh, and I was talking to a colleague of hers who was like, oh, yeah, well done, you know, lots of people trying to 
grafted player or whatever. And he's like, oh, yeah, where's it on? The Lyric Hammersmith. That's an incredible gig. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I went, it's it really entertaining. Um, they are, as I say, an outstanding company. Um, it's a couple of hours, so it's a, it's a good it's a good watch. It's good meaty, good set design, great performances. Um, uh, the granddads are incredible. I mean, they're all great actors. You might recognise the lady who plays Nan from um, uh, Bridgerton. Um, oh, yeah. But it's on till the 12th of March at the Lyric Hammersmith, and that's Running With Lions, and that's our pick of the week. Right, Part two of Name That Show. I've given you sunshine. I've given you dirt. Whoa, that was a quick one. That was a quick one. Oh, okay. Less generous than the first clip. Four seconds to try and work out what that was. I think I do think it gives quite a way, quite a lot away though. Don't you? <laughs> well, I don't. I'm not sure I know what it is. Oh, oh, hang on. Maybe we need to listen to the words. This is always what happens. I get absolutely tripped up by listening to the melody instead of the words. I've given you sunshine. I've given you dirt. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I've got an idea. I don't know that. I don't think I know that song. But I do know the musical. Yeah. So if you can name that show, email Roddy, R-O-D-D-Y, like Noddy but with an R, at river.radio. Right. Now, Finn, how good are you on the phone? You... I'm, I'm okay on the phone. Good phone manner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right. Well, you can answer this then because Lucy Hallett is on the line. Uh, so, yeah, if you just reach over there. There we go. I'll pass it to you. There we Thank go. Thank you. Yeah, there. Hello. Hi, Joe and Roddy. It's Lucy here. I'd like you to play Don't Lose Your Head from Six because my mum and I went to see it last year and really enjoyed it. Thanks a lot. Great, good idea. Great choice. Good Great choice. choice. Grew up in the French court, we we bonjour, life was a chore, so she set sail. 15, 22, came straight to the UK, all the British dudes lame. Epic fail. Ooh, I want to dance and sing. Politics. Not my thing. Then I met the king, and soon my daddy said, You should try and get ahead. He wanted me, obviously, kept messaging me like every day. Couldn't be better than he sent me a letter, and who am I kidding? I was prêt à manger. Sent a reply, just saying hi. You're a nice guy. I'll think about it, maybe. XO, baby. Uh-oh. Here we go. You sent him kisses. I didn't know I would move in with his missus. What? Get a light. You're living with his wife. Like, what was I meant to do? Sorry, not sorry about what I said. I'm just trying to have some fun. Don't worry, don't worry, don't lose your head. I didn't mean to hurt anyone. L-O-L, say oh well, or go to hell I'm sorry, not sorry about what I said Don't lose your head Three in the bed and the little one said If you want to be wed, make up your mind Her or me, chum, don't want to be some girl in a threesome Are you blind? Don't be bitter Cause I'm fitter Why hasn't it hit her? He doesn't want to bang you Somebody hang you Here we go Your comment went viral I didn't really mean it but rumours spiral Well and way to make the country hate you Mate, what was I meant to do? Sorry, not sorry about what I said I'm just trying to have some fun Don't worry, don't worry, don't 
God's will. Henry's out every night on the town, just sleeping around like, what the hell? If that's how it's gonna be, maybe I'll flirt with a guy or three, just to make him gel. Henry finds out and he goes mental, he screams and shouts like, so judgmental. You damn it, witch. Mate, just shut up, I wouldn't be such a b- if you could get it up. We both love that, including we some love. slightly racy material for yeah. uh, 11.30 in the morning. Uh, right, well, there's loads still to come here on Stage Door, including our Spotlight interview. Here he is in action. How appropriate that we return to Pasadena in time for your coming out. Greta's mother clucked nearly every day on the Princess Dagmar on the return voyage. Thank God for the Germans. <laughs> That's Joe Jameson reading The Danish Girl. Uh, now, I mentioned this last week. We're talking to somebody who records audiobooks, so finding out all about the audiobook world. Amazing. But now, the moment has arrived. It's time for the quick quiz with quiz host Finn Hartley. <laughs> Very official there. Look, no, got yeah, I've got little cards. cards. Yeah, I've written out cards. Now, um, Roddy knows this, but you may not know that I do a very famous Christmas quiz every year. Uh, right. So, so some of these questions are about St Nick, are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no, um, they're great. Look, they've got sort of a dark um, lemon yellow striped with white. Looks like they could have come out of an ice cream parlour. I chose the yellow for you, Roddy. Oh, it is my favourite colour, as see, you can probably tell. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I do. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. That's very kind. Um, Okay, you ready? Hit me. So question one. Which of these songwriters has not collaborated with Andrew Lloyd Webber? Mm -hmm. Tim Rice, Stephen Sondheim, Don Black or Ben Elton? Oh, ooh, okay. (laughs) I know which two definitely have and then I've got two to toss up between. Okay, I'll mull that over. Uh, Question two. Question two. True or false? Oklahoma, Annie, get your sorry. Oklahoma, Annie, get your gun. And Showboats are the Queen's three favorite musicals. True or false? <laughs> the Queen's three favorite. Okay, wow. I thought you said these started easy and got harder. Uh, I'm, al- I'm already nervous. 
the question four is easy. Uh, which Broadway show was the first to make a gross profit of a billion dollars? Okay. Okay, right, yeah. And uh, question four. Now, I wrote this before I listened to last week's episode. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Joe just says it straight up. So hopefully you remember. Oh, hopefully I was listening. This is going to be a test. How many years has the play The Mousetrap been on for? Uh-huh. I'll accept two answers, actually. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's terms and conditions on that one. And question five. What show that is currently on the West End has the most Olivier Awards? Oh, the most Olivier that's Awards. That's currently on. Oh, okay. I've got a theory. Uh, I am in grave danger of getting zero out of five on these. I need your help. Roddy at River.Radio. Thank you very much, Sharon. Had a go at Name That Show. Oh, yeah? But you're a bit skew-if at the minute. Give us another go. If you can guess Name That Show, or if you can help me with any of those five questions, email Roddy at River.Radio whilst we listen to this.
that was an understated finish, wasn't it? Yeah. Finn's just sitting there nodding in appreciation. You'd had a good dance during that. Yes, I love that song. Lyrically, it's just brilliant. Oh, yeah, and the percussion's so satisfying. Uh, I'm worn out. Right, speaking of worn out, I think I'm about to get run over by a truck. up despite an even extra long song in the middle of quiz i still am nervous of the oncoming onslaught of my lack of answers go on then so question one which of these songwriters has not collaborate collaborated with andrew lloyd webber i'm going sondheim correct yes okay now true or false oklahoma annie get your gun and showboat are the queen's three favorite musicals i'm gonna go true True. Yeah, yeah, it is. Oh, how on earth has that come up? How have they talked about just, it? She just said it. Just in One an day. interview. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which Broadway show was the first to make a gross profit of a billion dollars? A billion dollars. Phantom of the Opera? Oh, kind of close, oh. Lion King. Oh, yeah. okay. I did think there was a chance it was Disney. I know it's the biggest grossing show of all time internationally, and it's still touring, and it's in the West End, and it's in Broadway, and it's staple in various different territories. Extraordinary. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, how many years has the play The Mousetrap been on for? Mousetrap. <laughs> Mousetrap. It happens to the best of us. Uh, put in those spare teeth. Um, 70? 70, yes. Yeah. But I would have I would have technically allowed 69 because it opened in November of 1952. Oh, okay. So, so it's in its 70th year coming up to the yeah, big landmark. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And question five, what show that is currently on the West End has the most Olivier Awards? <laughs> Matilda. No. Oh. <laughs> Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Is it? Nine. Really? Nine awards. Ooh, one. Wow, yeah. very impressive. I got three out of five there, which was what, quite good. More respect. <laughs> <laughs> he says with a high pitched voice. Yeah, only dogs <laughs> heard that. <laughs> I'm quite pleased with that because I thought it was going to be a, a lot worse. Uh, three out of five is quite respectable. Right. Into the vault we go. Exciting, so, exciting. yeah, um, well, we haven't got any coffees this week or croissant. Joe goes away and everything falls down. Right, here we go. Right, we're both in. Open the filing cabinet, flick through the roller decks. Ah, now it looks like this is a file you've put in the vault, and it's B. It is indeed. B for what? Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, right, okay. Now, do you know much about the musical? Nothing. Nothing, okay. Diddly squat. Tell me everything. Lyrics by Don Black, which Uh, he featured in the question. Music by Frank Wildhorn and book by Ivan Menkel. This musical uh, debuted on Broadway in December 2011. Oh, okay, so quite recent. Quite recently, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was expecting, you know, I'm immediately picturing black and white, so I was thinking this was old school. It's a very, like, uh, rock, not rock, but a very um, modern... Music. Okay, great. But, um, and uh, the musical centres on Bonnie Parker and Clyde Barrow, the, the ill-fated lovers and outlaws whose story has been in the public's eye for over 90 years. 90 years since they died. It's crazy. Wow. Um, so I've got... So it's recently uh, coming to uh, the West End uh, at the Arts Theatre on the 9th of April. Oh, right. So it's on its way. Yes. Oh, uh, great. But they t- did a little tester in mm. January last month and I got to see it in concert. Oh, great. With the, the, the Jeremy Jordan, who um, oh, yeah. originated the role. Cool. Uh, so he, uh, he was in concert with, let me get my notes up, Francis Maley McCann. And they filmed the concert. Great. Uh, so maybe you'll see me in the audience doing a very lovely clap while crying because it's a great musical and I love Aww. to be there. But, um, no, yeah, it's a great musical. And um, what else? Sorry. Uh, 
Uh, da, 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 da. First time on radio, guys. Other side of that, have you got some? Is that what you're after? No, I. Um, the, the, we're back to the note cards here. Yeah, yeah. You know, Joe's jo got her phone in multiple different tabs. I've got my laptop, and you've come in. You've gone old school paper. Joe does sometimes have a pad, actually. But yeah, I don't know why though, because as Roddy knows, as my uh, past English teacher, I was never good with a pen. So <laughs> I was expecting you to turn up with. I was expecting you to turn up with an iPad today. To yeah, be yeah. Um, but no, it's a great musical. What's it about? What happens? So, starts off, Bonnie and Clyde as children, then yeah. straight away they meet each other. Uh, Clyde and his brother uh, both escape out of jail. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and uh, Clyde basically, I don't want to be rude to the guy, even though he killed a bunch of people, but manipulates Bonnie into, right. <laughs> into uh, thinking that his lifestyle of being a crook is okay and acceptable. Yeah. And then... Basically, Bonnie just falls in love and then rob a couple of banks and... Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> and where does When I Drive fit, which is what we're going to When I Drive to. is basically... Um, uh, so, Clyde and his brother... Uh, Clyde and his brother, Buck, um, both escaped out of jail. And then Buck's wife was like, oh, I need you to not be, go, be involved in crime anymore. And then his brother, Clyde, is just basically like, crime is fun, though. And uh, they talk about how they love riding cars and breaking the law. And that is When I Drive. The next song. Ain't no car too smart for me. Got the whole thing figured out. Two-door hardtop Model T, limousine or runabout. Put me behind the wheel and stand well back. Like a cracker jack. I'll get your heart pumping. Ain't no car that you can't drive. I would bet my life on that. Hot rod roadster pickup truck, 40 miles in nothing flat. Ain't nothing better than to drive through town with the pedal down. Watch the old folk jumping. When I drive, when I drive, I'm in love, I'm alive. And I'll forget about everything I hate. When I drive, when I drive, I can read 65. I won't pay. Listening to River Radio online at river.radio on Apple, Android, and Alexa. Listen again on our website where we're a podcast on Apple and Spotify and coming very soon to DAB. Yeah, still to come, find out if you've correctly managed to name that show. But now to our spotlight interview. 
Well, I'm very pleased to welcome to stage door now, Joe Jameson. Hello, Yay. Roger. <laughs> Hello. Nice to see you. you too. Nestled in your little audio booth there. It's this I little am. home studio. I'm effectively in the cupboard under the stairs. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank goodness you're the boy who lives. Well, <laughs> we obviously met at drama school and you've gone on to have a very successful stage career. I was totting up the shows you did at the Globe and am I right? You did seven. Did I do seven? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, I think I did three and a half seasons there. Amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. It was, I think, the best place I've ever worked. It was it was incredible. Wow. It's just the most amazing theatre and to be doing Shakespeare on the river in the summer with your friends is, yeah. is kind of as good as it gets, I think. I was going to say, was it the building? Was it the staff? Is it the space to play? That particular stage is so unique. There's not really anywhere else like that. And it's always full. I mean, you know, the amount of times we've done plays yeah. to, you know, seven people. It, it was just amazing to every night or afternoon go out and have that sound wow. come back to you. And then you did a couple in the Sam Wanamaker whilst you were there as well. I did, yeah. I did a couple in the Sam Wanamaker, which is entirely lit by candlelight. Wow. So incredibly atmospheric and completely different to the globe because it's tiny. I remember the first time stepping in there and pitching it in the same way that I had at the Globe and the director saying, no, no, <laughs> we're inside now. <laughs> Lovely jewel in your CV there. And then the last time I saw that you were on stage was at Manchester Royal Exchange. Did that put you off? <laughs> no, I loved working there. That was, again, there's not really a space like that anywhere else. No. Um, that was a beautiful play, a book called The Night Watch by Sarah Waters, which was, again, like a real highlight. I never, I didn't stop enjoying the work. It was the ups and downs of the industry that we all know how tough that can be and I think that was the thing that put me off. (laughs) Because then you made quite a marked shift into audiobooks. Well, I'd been doing audiobooks since I left drama school. They were always something I did between jobs, which you know what it's like when you're between acting jobs. You could be working in a cafe, which I did, or if I had an opportunity to go and carry on sort of still acting, then obviously I was going to do it, but it was always something that was trumped by a theatre job or a telly job. And then there was a part of me that thought what if it's not? What if it's what I did all the time? Yeah. And so when I stopped, I thought, I'm going to turn my attention to voice stuff for a little bit and just see how that goes. And within a couple of months, I, I think I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. Amazing. Yeah. How long have you been doing this now, then? So I've just done voices for five years. And I think, of course, as soon as you turn your attention and give something your all, more opportunities come to you, don't they? <laughs> yeah. So from audiobooks, then I started doing video games and animation and wow. started doing corporate bits and pieces and news podcasts. I mean, audio's boomed, hasn't it, in the last few years? So yeah. yeah, I feel like this is therapy. I feel like I should be taking notes. Right, focus on one thing, <laughs> get better at it. Yeah. Uh, well, I think before I'd slightly apologised for it. You know, the question that we all hate being asked as an actor. You know, what are you doing at the moment? Yeah. Oh, just voiceovers. I'd say. Oh, I, I'm nothing. I'm just. I'm just doing kind of you know voiceover here and there. And you could sort of see the fire go out in people's eyes. And they're like, oh right, okay, <laughs> you're an actor, are you? Yeah, yeah. And then I thought, why am I apologising for it? It's still storytelling in fact it's storytelling in kind of its purest form right it's one person telling a story and bringing the whole thing to life and I get to play parts that I would never get cast in uh, (laughs) on stage or screen so what kind of characters have you played that you really enjoyed have you had any highlights well I always like putting my posh granny voice in (laughs) I'll try and put her somewhere in every project if I can (laughs) I'd never get cast as a a 90 year old you know posh granny would I so if I I can do it on voice then, then I will Amazing. I think especially with certain genres of audio, but like fantasy and kids stuff, 
nothing is too big. Yeah. That's my kind of acting. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, that's why I love it. And how many have you recorded now? How many books? I think about 300. <laughs> wow, think. okay. Something like that, yeah. And what does a normal day of yours look like? How do you prepare? Uh, well, for an audiobook, I will always read the book once thoroughly through before recording it. I do know some people who can turn up without having read it, but I, it terrifies me. Yeah. yeah. There's so many horror stories. You make a character from Liverpool and then on page 77 you find out she's from Devon and you think, oh. <laughs> So, and you know, you would always prepare, if you were doing a play, you'd rehearse the play. So yeah. I have to read it through once and I'll annotate it as I go through and I'll highlight character voices, work out all the voices. I might underline certain words in a sentence that might trip me up when I get to it. I kind of like to be as prepared and ready as I can be. So on day one of recording, I can kind of perform it as opposed to kind of, you know, muddy my way through it. And what does an average day look like? Well, if I'm recording a book, we tend to record from about sort of half nine till five. And I remember the first time I did an audiobook. As you know, I'm from Bath and BBC Audiobooks used to be based in Bath. And so my first book I wrote to BBC Audiobooks and said, I'd love to do an audiobook. Um, I'm a local actor. Could I do one? And they said, sure. And so I was staying at home with my mum and dad. And I remember coming home at the end of the first day completely exhausted. Yeah. And my mum looking at me and saying... <laughs> You've only been reading a book. Like, what's the what's the big deal? But honestly, you've been sitting you've been down sitting all down day. Reading it sounds lovely, she said. But honestly, like the concentration required to focus on what you're doing, make sure you say the words in the right order yeah. and bring it to life. I remember being completely wiped by the end of the day. So Not least because you get paid for the end product of how long it is, right? Yeah, Rather than how many do. goes you took yeah, in it. Exactly, yeah. My favourite thing about my job is that no day is really the same. Yeah. I like that every day is, is a bit different. So what determines when you work from home and when you go into a studio then? I mean, before COVID, I was always in a studio. I didn't have a studio at home. But because of COVID, obviously we all had to adapt um, <laughs> high speed uh, high speed i think it was a very good couple of months for microphone companies because <laughs> they all seem to be sold out yeah which was obviously for covid was great because it meant i could carry on working since then i think studios publishers have sort of realized oh there are actors who have their own studios now we can use those which i'm kind of in two minds about really because my favorite thing about the job is going to studios seeing other actors yeah. working with producers directors it's not quite the same when you're going into your cupboard for the day are you literally in a wardrobe oh, i'm literally in a I mean, my washing machine is is uh, is behind me. Yeah, it's uh, we, we no longer have any storage in this flat. I hope that it isn't going to head entirely in the direction of working from home because I think a balance is good. Hey, absolutely. Now, obviously, the audience have you in their ears rather than in front of you to applaud. So, do people ever seek you out on review sites to thank you or congratulate you? <laughs> Yes, not always to thank me. Uh, <laughs> I remember having a very silly night once looking at my audiobook reviews and, and you know, there was a mixture. There was there was some nice ones. There were also some really quite nasty ones. The best oh. one said the headline was Joe Jameson should be ashamed of himself. <laughs> I, I really want to get it printed and put up in my loo. For all you know, that could have been your flatmate just on it a bad could, day. It could, yeah, it really could, yeah. My brother is the most likely. I, I <laughs> and are there any accents that you have? have got a red line through Italian I can never I can never do an Italian accent or if I can it, it's just offensive so it's just best <laughs> it's just best not to steered clear of I think accents is how I got into acting when I was a kid I used to love doing accents so I've always felt relatively okay with accents which I think you do need for 
your books because yeah. if you've got a cast of 100 characters you need to be able to put some variety in there <laughs> yeah yeah and is there a dream book that you'd like to record well i mean we'd all love to have a go at harry potter hey but sadly <laughs> they've been done by someone who's smashed them right i mean they're brilliant <laughs> yeah. my brother and sister are a bit younger than me and i read them all seven harry potter books when i was a kid oh, and really? wow. did all the voices i mean it's probably how i got into this i guess other books i mean a little life by hanya yanagohara is my one of my favorite books i'd love to yeah. be able to do that it's funny when i started there was a huge back catalog of classics that had never been recorded and suddenly they needed them recorded i mean i did a book called the charioteer by mary reno i'd read it before and it was a beautiful book and then i got asked to do the audiobook and that was kind of a bit of a pinch me moment yeah but of course now they've kind of caught up with themselves and so by the time a book's on the shelf they've also done the audiobook yeah and if people want to come and find some of your audiobooks where do they look yeah audible they kind of have the monopoly really as Amazon have for most things. Um, so we type Joe Jameson in and we get to find you, do we? Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's a booming industry, which is good for me. Hey, <laughs> and nice that in a time when other parts of the industry have been feeling the pain, that you're booming. So congratulations. Lucky, yeah, I do feel very lucky. It is funny. I've had a few friends who, having previously been a little bit snooty about voiceovers, have suddenly said, so how do I... How do I get into, into voiceovers? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. so, so what kind of mic do I need? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, thank you very much for joining us on Stage Door, Joe Jameson. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me, Roddy. I've given you southern exposure to get you to thrive. I've pitched you back hard like I'm supposed to. You're barely alive. Right, well, that was the third and final clip for Name That Show, but your time's up. So go on, time to reveal what that is. Finn, you knew it from the first clip. I did. It was Grow For Me from Little Shop of Horrors. Yay, very good. Well done. Little Shop, of course it was. But for this week, that's it from us. We'll play you out with the full track. Amazing. Yep. Join me and another guest host next Thursday at 11 on River Radio for more. From the, the stage, stage door. door. <laughs> it's right, no one noticed. <laughs> Oh God, how you tease.